to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 283 of the Left Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. 12 winners, 17 races, got a repeat winner uh, late last night. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all of that little bit here. Uh, a Monday night posting of the show, getting this out early because there's just too much, too much excitement for tonight's show. But before we get to all of that, anything can happen during the second half of the season. Experience the thrills, the drama, and the acceleration on the NBC family of networks. Uh, the push for the playoffs has already begun this past weekend at Nashville. Join in and follow the NASCAR experience and tune in to Road America this Sunday, July 3rd, 2 p.m. Central Time only on the USA Network. We got we watched last night on USA Network. Now for real, it'll be on the USA Network. So make sure you tune in and all that good stuff. Um, I might have some ticket giveaways here in a little bit. Uh, yeah, you you heard that correctly. Uh, I'm gonna have a couple pairs of tickets for MIS for sure. Uh, and I'm not even going to begin to tease just yet how awesome the two other races that I'm going to be able to give away a pair of tickets for are. So, um, you know, you're just going to have to stay tuned, stay hooked, uh, listen, follow on social media, all that good stuff. Uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. I got a good round of golf in on Thursday night. Friday went to uh, a festival by the house with some neighbors. Saturday did some errands and hung out Saturday afternoon, and I seasoned in the Blackstone. Oh, my gosh. Broke it in Sunday morning. Did some pancakes, some bacon, some eggs, and then refired it back up last night for uh, some smash burgers, some truffle fries, and, uh, man, I don't know how I've lived this long without the Blackstone. Uh, I tried to get a sponsor from, from somebody. I, I, I now have the trifecta. I've got the, the griddle, the smoker, and the gas grill. And I tagged all three brands that I have in one post and said, don't everybody jump in all at once. And, and don't worry, nobody's, nobody's jumped in. So we're still waiting for sponsorship from uh, from a from either Traeger, Blackstone, or Weber. Uh, I'm open to seasoning sponsors, like all of that. I think would be a ton of fun because you guys know I love to mix in some stuff like that. But, anyways, I digress. Hope you all enjoyed last week's show with the Orange Cone, Dustin Albino, Sam Pele, Greg Van Alls. Uh, big, big time big times last week, uh, but even bigger times this week uh, because I am like a little kid in a candy store because this past Friday, I was able to interview WWE superstar Sheamus. Uh, you guys know what a big wrestling fan I am. Uh, Dustin and I were talking wrestling last week. I didn't know if this was going to happen. It did. It was awesome. You guys saw Sheamus on the broadcast, uh, and I was able to catch up with him before SmackDown uh, this past Friday, so I've got that here for you. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, what else we got going on? I've already talked about tickets to MIS. Uh, I have uh, first time making his appearance on the show a little bit later later uh he's been covering racing for over 30 years uh jerry bunkowski is uh gonna come on and and we're gonna talk all things this past weekend we're gonna recap 
where we're at and uh, set the future for where things are heading for the rest of 2022. Uh, I've got uh, Studwell. He'll be on a little later. And your new segment two leader in lap traffic fantasy will be on to make the pick. So we got a lot going on. Uh, no show next week with the holiday. Uh, it also just happens to be the, uh, the every two weeks off week falling into place there. Uh, but already got some things lined up for uh, July 12th, uh, July 19th. Uh, so things are in the mix. Very excited about that. So let's get things rolling. Let's get WWE superstar Sheamus on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He's a Royal Rumble winner, a King of the Ring winner, a multi-time tag team champion, a U.S. champion, a multi-time holder of both the World and WWE Championship, and he will be the honorary starter at Nashville this weekend. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, WWE superstar, the Celtic Warrior, Sheamus. What's up, brother? How are you doing, Brian? Are you all right? What's the story? Oh, man, I am so pumped to have you on the show. Uh, I'm a diehard NASCAR guy, as, as you know, here being on the podcast, and I am also a huge WWE fan. I am so excited to get to talk to you. Um, thanks again for taking some time out of your day. Uh, Seamus, walk us through what a typical week looks like from you, for, from all the travel, uh, getting to the arena, hitting the gym. Uh, you know, wh what's your typical week look like? Yeah, so what's like the NASCAR drivers? Like we're basically going city to city. Um, or, you know, the the NASCAR drivers basically will 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 head into a city uh, for a couple of stay in the same place for a couple of days. Uh, we do the opposite. We basically go in for SmackDown. We fly in the night before. Let's say for example tonight we're at Austin, Texas for SmackDown TV, SmackDown Live. Um, so we'll be on SmackDown on Fox tonight, and then we've got two more shows across Texas then we get home Monday morning and then as soon as you get home obviously you hit the ground uh, running you know you gotta, gotta keep up your training your cardio your fitness uh, whatever maintenance we need to do in our bodies because you know we our bodies take a lot of abuse in the ring physically uh, from from what we do you know what I mean so it's uh it's it's a kind of like it's it's a it's a continuing process every single week. Um, just you know just to, to stay at the top you need to be you need to be on form and you need to make sure you uh you stay in check with your body and, and everything else you got to do. Absolutely. You mentioned you're going to be a SmackDown live tonight. Uh, do, do we know the match yet? Do we know what we're doing? <laughs> no, but we're on the run into money in the bank, which is in Vegas uh, coming up next week. So it's like myself, Drew McIntyre, uh, Seth Rollins and almost have qualified for the money in the bank ladder match. Basically what it is, it's, there's a briefcase with a WWE championship contract inside of it, basically perched above the ring. And it's seven, seven or eight guys. Again, that hasn't been confirmed how many participants will be in it. But uh, everyone's scrambling to get that, uh, to get that, get that briefcase with the contract in it so they can cash in and potentially become WWE or Universal World Heavyweight Champion, which are the most lucrative prizes in our business today. So there's a lot at stake here as well. It gives an opportunity to, to, to the guys to, and the girls. There's, there's a girls uh, running the bank ladder matches or the men's running the bank ladder match. It gives, uh, you know, superstars an opportunity to get back up on top, to, you know, get an opportunity to get back in and become uh, world champion. Even those who maybe have not been on the, the best of run of late or have been out of the picture for quite a while. Kind of like myself, I haven't been in the world title picture for a couple of years. The last time I was in there, I actually won the money in the bank and cashed it in on Roman Reigns, who 
ironically enough, is uh, WWE Universal World Heavyweight Champion right now. So there's a lot at stake. Load ladders being thrown all over the place. Uh, you know what I mean? Also, all types of athletes in there, high flyers, and of course, you got that seven foot three giant almost in there as well. That's that's something you that's boy. never been seen in the middle back for. Yeah, mate, he's a big fella. <laughs> Might take all seven of. It's like one of those things in uh, like, like Lord of the Rings, you know what I mean? Right. Just trying to take down those giants. I uh, love it. Uh, Seamus, you're no stranger to NASCAR. You've been involved uh, at, at a couple different race weekends now. Uh, yeah. What, what keeps bringing you back? What's the allure for you? I love it, mate. You know what I mean? I just, I just, you know, the first one I went to, obviously the first live uh, NASCAR race I was at was Daytona 500. And, you know, I was pace car driver. It was an incredible experience for me. Uh, it was actually, we had a, had some issues with rain. So I ended up like going around the track about seven or seven to 10 times, which is kind of unheard of. I was winning the race for about, <laughs> about a couple of hours there. You know what I mean? That's um, great. But, but there's a great crossover between WWE and NASCAR. You know, the, the fans at, at both NASCAR and WWE, you know what I mean? They're, they're intertwined, and I got a great reception from the NASCAR fans. It's basically, it's like WWE on wheels, mate. Muscle cars, you know what I mean? There's like, everybody's out for themselves. You know, it's like the, the rubbing that goes on on the track. They're not afraid to get bumped out of the way of the track. It's no-nonsense stuff, you know? And uh, I love it, mate. And uh, honestly, like, when it, I was blown away. I was watching on TV, obviously, since I came to America in 07. Um, and obviously, I met Kyle Busch the first time. I was only on the roster in 09. I, there was a segment where he gave the character Randy Orton and Kofi. Yeah. And threw a lot of paint on. Yeah, threw a lot of paint on it. I was... I was basically just coming up on. To, I was on ECW. I was in, on the main roster about maybe four months, and then I came over to Raw, and uh, a lot of stuff was happening. That Kyle Busch thing was uh, was really really cool. That was just showing exactly the type of crossover we have Absolutely. Uh, with with both brands. Um, but yeah, it's unbelievable. All the drivers are awesome. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, respect for them as well. Like to get in the car in that heat and drive around for that many hours. You know what I mean? I have to keep your concentration, your cool and it's it's just incredible man i don't i don't think sometimes i feel like you know you see it you're in awe but, but a lot of respect goes out to those lads too or who are able to do that for such a long time different type of fitness obviously that we have but again you know what i mean they're they're out there just you know doing something i probably would never be able to do me absolutely um Seamus, as a longtime member of the WWE Universe myself, uh, I kind of look at a NASCAR race like a Royal Rumble match. Uh, you might, yeah, start, yeah. You might start up front. You might start at the back. You might have somebody you're working with midway through, but at the end, it's it's every man for himself. Do you see that there? I do, yeah. And that's the thing with some of the races. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like when someone gets out in front in the beginning, the race is over, even though it's a certain amount of laps. And the thing about NASCAR is it's so unpredictable. You know what I mean? Like you can lose your spot. Everyone's neck and neck all the way. Um, and it just it just makes that more much more exciting. You know what I mean? Especially some of the spectacular crashes. Obviously, as long as everybody is safe and okay. But they're just it's you know as I said like everybody's gung ho. Everybody wants that checkered flag, and everybody's going to do anything they can to get it. And again, yeah, you can go from last, you can move up, you know, you can be in the middle, you can move up to the front, you can go from the front and end up down the back, you know what I mean? It's just, you you have to watch the race all the way through, and it, it, you know, until the very end of that race, you're not 100% sure who's going to win. Absolutely. Um, the, the NASCAR fan base, the WWE universe, like you said, a lot of crossover. Both fan bases are incredibly passionate. Uh, for you as a performer, whether it's, it's getting cheered, whether it's trying to draw heat, uh, what's it like for you walking? 
walking through that curtain each night, hearing the fans react to you in whatever way you're trying to get them to react to you? Oh, it's great. You know, it's what you live for. It's a massive adrenaline rush. And I think, you know, I've been in WWE so long as well. Like, it's like this kind of, you know, I still get that reaction every night. You know what I mean? Um, I just, I'm reveling in, in my character right now and having the two lads, LeBron and Brutes, uh, Ridge and Butch, who are uh, awesome. You know, I'm in that stage now in my career when I'm helping the new guys uh, come up and, with Ridge and Butch associated with me, you know, we're just, you know, bringing them in, in line and bringing them view with the WWE universe, our fans and, and, uh, getting them that like exposure and they're, they're reveling in it, man. They're doing great. You know, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the future is very, very bright for the company. Um, but you know, I look at NASCAR, man, and like one of the lads I, like, I gravitate towards is Kyle Busch. I'll be honest. I think his kind of character stuff that, that, you know, that villain, that heel type of role that he's in, Absolutely. I feel like he, he revels in that, mate. And, uh, you know, he's been involved with WWE as well. He's the 24-7 champion. You know, he gave the character Randy Orton. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of Chase Elliott, too, because I was obviously at the burnout on Broadway uh, back earlier, uh, a couple of months back, with Chase. In the in the car, by the way, with no seatbelt, just hanging on for dear life. was absolutely awesome, fella. It was absolutely awesome. But I have to say, man, I have a soft spot here uh, on Sunday. Um, at the Nas, Nas, uh, Nashville Super Speedway for Kyle, because uh, um, sorry, Kyle Bush, right? That's what I said. Yep. He's like Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah. Sorry, mate. I'm just, I'm just out of the gym, fella. Just trying to still kind of cool down. But uh, no, he's got the uh, one. One of the organizations in Nashville that I'm, I'm very much a part of is the Nashville Humane Society. We've got like uh, rescued about five dogs from there. Um, we go down every so often, and I kind of try to promote the. the the, the shelter for dogs and cats to everybody you know who's watching or, or, or watches my Instagram stories or whatever and he's going to have the National Humane uh, uh, sponsor on his car um, this awesome. Sunday so yeah that's man cool. so I'm, re- I'm really excited dude I got really excited about that when I saw that because that's that's an organization that's very close to my heart so I've got three dogs and my fiance adopted uh, fostered or, sorry adopted two dogs we basically adopted five dogs the National Humane, and um, and he's going to have that. Uh, he's going to have their sponsor on the car uh, on Sunday, so I'm definitely going to be have to be rooting for him, mate. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Even though he also does the villain as well, but and he's done stuff with WWE. But this is this is the icing on the cake. This is a great cause. This is fantastic. Very cool, uh, Seamus. Last one for you. Um, sure. Being a WWE guy, I'm from Detroit. Detroit and WWE. Uh, I feel like there's a great bond there. Um, what what's the couple of memorable moments that you've got being up here in Detroit? I think I did a backstage with a guy called Ocho Cinco, or whatever, uh, some NFL player. There's a I think it was, I think it was a there was like a roulette uh, deal we did. This is back now in 2010. I didn't even know who Ocho Cinco was or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, some player from Bengals, I think. But no, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, look. I was devastated when the Joe went, but yeah. I know it's an old, uh, I know it's an old arena and, and everything, but like, you know, where I come from back home in Ireland, like, you know, I just hate this. this so, to me, history is very, very important part of every, of every city, of every culture. You know what I mean? That, that people like resonate to like, there's so many great moments that happened in the Joe over the decades. And like, I know there's a new one there in little Caesars arena. It's, it's, it's a, is it still called that little Caesars arena? Yes, yep. Little Caesars. Yeah. Arena. Yep. It's cool. It's, it's a great arena. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. It's modern, 
but there's something about going into pulling into a building like the Joe, where you go in you like think of all the, the great fights and great superstars and great acts and and everybody who was there. And uh, I was good at when I heard they were tearing it down. You know what I mean? Yep. But I, I'm just glad I got a chance to be to compete there and, and, and be there because there's a lot of history in Detroit. You know, it's what believe it or not outside of outside of like America, like Detroit is. You know, there's a couple of cities, like when I was growing up, that were very popular. Obviously, Boston, L.A., Chicago, New York, and Detroit was in there, too. You know, it's like it's Motor City. It's very, very famous city worldwide, not just in America. So, yeah, I was I was just I'm good that it went down. But, man, I'm so proud that I got to compete there and perform there so many times. Definitely will have a place in my heart forever. That's awesome. I love it. Seamus, thank you so much for taking some time to call into the show. I appreciate it. Everyone tune in to uh, Nashville uh, Super Speedway this Sunday on Peacock and NBC. And make sure you're tuning into the Money in the Bank on July 2nd and catch Seamus going for that briefcase and uh, seeing what he can't give Roman Reigns on a surprise sometime down the road. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. Uh, I appreciate that. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Eric Moses. He's um the president of the National Super Speedway, and uh, he's one of us giving me this awesome opportunity and set this all up. So, big, big, big shout out to Eric. I'm looking forward to uh, to being there and uh, waving the flag, man. It's going to be awesome, especially in my hometown as well. It's even sweeter. Absolutely. All right. There you have it, Lap Traffic Nation, WWE Superstar Seamus. Thanks for calling in. Have a blast this weekend. Stay safe in the ring, man. Thanks, fella. Have a great weekend yourself. I know it's sweltering hot where we are. It's like 100 degrees. I don't know what it's like in Detroit, but it's up. if it's anywhere near that, mate, just, just just take a bath and some sunscreen, yeah? I love it. I love it. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Cheers, bro. Thank you. Lab Traffic Nation, are you kidding me? Did that really happen? Did I talk to a WWE superstar on the Lab Traffic Podcast? The answer, yes. Yes, it absolutely did. That was so awesome. Uh, if, if we can make things like that happen, uh, you know, I'm going to be a okay with that. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It was something different. I know I got a lot of uh, WWE fans out there as well. So very cool. What an experience. Um, my, my wife, after I did that and recorded on Friday, like she, I mean, I was just glowing. I was gleaming ear to ear. Um, uh, just, just so cool. So, all right. Uh, let's, let's keep things going. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the show, going to have another first-time guest on the show, Jerry Bankowski, who's been writing, covering NASCAR for over uh, 30 years. So we're going to talk everything. So let's uh, let's get Jerry. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He's an editor, a contributor with Auto Racing Digest, NASCAR.com, Auto Week. Uh, he's, he's been with NBC Sports. He's done stuff with Sirius, Yahoo, all that good stuff. Uh, he's been around for over 30-plus years. Welcome to the show, Jerry Bankowski. Jerry, what's up, man? How are you? I'm well. Thank you very much for having me on, Brandon. I really appreciate it. And, yes, I'm an old guy, so I'm, I'm an old fart, you might want to say. You're going to bring that old-school experience that all, you got that all of right. my that's, followers that's, love, yep. man. Yep, exactly. That's what I always tell people. So I'm old school, and I'm proud of it. Yes, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that, man. Well, listen, before we get started, uh, I, you know, I saw you worked with Yahoo Sports. Do you know my buddy Dan Wetzel? I do. I mean, in fact, it's here's a story that I don't know if Dan's ever told you this or not. Dan was the first writer that Yahoo ever had, you know, that they hired, you know, uh, you know, 
directly. And they also had a sports editor, but they had nobody else. And I was the first sports writer, the first beat writer they hired. So I, Dan was number one. I was number two. They hired me in 2004. And um, ironically enough, I actually turned them down the first time they offered me the job. But then they hired my producer because I was at ESPN at the time. They hired my producer from ESPN. So when he went, I said, OK, I'm following you. I'm coming over there. So that's where I want to go to Yahoo. So, yeah, that's, that's how it, it turned out. That's awesome. Uh, I met Dan, uh, gosh, probably seven, eight years ago. Uh, my wife and I at the time lived in uh, Berkeley, Michigan, and one of my best friends owns the best sports bar. Uh, quick plug for 24 seconds. And uh, <laughs> Dan Wetzel is a is a Berkeley Royal Oak uh, resident as well. And right. he's good friends with the owner. And, and Dan and I have... Uh, been a, a couple opening days together had have had many a beers together so yes dan dan's been on the show a couple times too which is awesome so well when you talked and tell me i said i i haven't talked to him for a long time but we i'm overdue for a conversation with him so i'm yeah i'm, glad, I'm definitely gonna put that on my list of people i need to get in touch with awesome yes i will absolutely say hi for uh, for you there cool uh jerry give give everyone the 411 on yourself there how you got into journalism motorsports nascar all that good stuff. Give us the good veteran rundown. Well, I guess I can put it into one sentence. I sucked as an athlete. I mean, I was I was a pretty decent baseball player. I mean, I was a pitcher for our high school team, but we had absolutely no offense. But I, I mean, I played ba uh, baseball for two years and then uh, I tried out for the basketball team. You know, they said it wasn't going to work. So I became their statistician. And at the same time, I was 15 years old at the time. Uh, my uh, cousin had a summer internship with the local newspaper. It was a weekly newspaper in my area. And uh, she introduced me to the sports editor. Well, he's actually the editor and the sports editor combined. And he said, hey, would you like to start writing for us? You can write about your high school or whatever you want to write about. So that was kind of my start and uh, never looked back. I mean, I I realized that I'm not going to make it as a uh, an athlete or a driver. So I figured out the next best thing is to hang around these guys and write about them. And that's what I've been never doing ever since. I mean, you know, 15, I started and I'm now, uh, let's just say I'm, well, close to fifty years, almost uh, in the business. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that and that's funny because I can I can very much relate. I played football. Uh, was pretty good at it. Don't you know? Probably would never have amounted to anything. Uh, you know, did the college thing for three degrees, and uh, I've got a you know I I'm, I I run an underwriting department for a mortgage company, and here I am doing podcasting and feel like a kid in a candy store every time I walk to the racetrack. <laughs> So. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, you know, the thing I like about motorsports and, you know, my career, you know, especially when I was with USA Today for the 15 years I was with them, I did everything. I mean, I did baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, uh, you know, motorsports, golf, you name it, I did it. Uh, but I gravitated primarily towards the motorsports world. Back then, you know, in the uh, in the 80s and into the 90s, uh, I, you know, was uh, the uh, backup IndyCar writer. I was the backup NASCAR writer. I started the NHRA beat with USA Today. So I did a lot of different coverage. But I mean, at the same time, though, you know, during football season from training camp through the end of the year, I was, you know, almost every week on the road 
road, either, you know, at training camps or during the season, I was at a, a rate, you know, a game, um, you know, or, or if there was a weekend where I could do a race and a game together, I would do that. So, you know, I mean, I traveled quite a bit. I mean, when I went over to Yahoo, I mean, I did a lot of traveling, I should say, you know, with, with, um, uh, with uh, USA Today and with ESPN. But when I went to Yahoo, uh, I had a personal best two years in a row. I had 220 days on the road. I mean, wow. my family, they didn't, know, they didn't know who I was. And it's ironic that we're talking about because my daughter, my younger daughter, just got married a week ago uh, down oh, in Charlotte. Awesome. And it, thank you. And we, we were talking about, you know, uh, how much I missed. And I really regret that. I missed a lot, you know. So, uh, you know, if anybody's wanting to get into the sports uh, media world, don't travel that much. I mean, learn, learn, you know, to not to travel, but I mean, sometimes the job requires it. So that's, I did what I had to do, you know? Well, you know, and that's, that's a great perspective, you know, cause as, as I sit here with a four month old upstairs and uh, you know, I, I, the last couple of years I, I boasted about doing, you know, like, you know, 42 weeks of podcasting in a row and, and, you know, not traveling like that, but obviously a commitment time away from, from something, putting it into right. something I don't get right. paid for. Right. Uh, you know, and, and it's like, man, um, that that's that's a hell of a perspective and, and something to keep in, in mind for sure. Uh, I bet you've got a hell of a lot of Delta miles, though. You can go just about anywhere at this point. Well, actually, I used all my miles up. We went to Hawaii seven different times. Okay, so there those, you go. <laughs> but, 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 but I will say this. I am a lifetime... Uh, what is it? Lever, it's called Titanium at Marriott. I, I have, I mean, I'm forever a Titanium member for the rest of my life. So I'm at the highest level. So I get all, I still get the perks, you know, when, when, the few times I do go on the road. So, That's awesome. but, um, but I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, motorsports uh, or sports in general, for that matter, can be a rough life. But, you know, with the way uh, the newspaper business has gone over the last 15 years, and uh, even in the website business, you know, uh, there's been a lot of scaling back. There's been a lot of jobs lost. Uh, you sure. know, I was laid off from NBC uh, almost two years ago. Never thought I'd be laid off, but you know, the the COVID situation hit, and they laid off 4,000 employees. I was one of them. So, yeah. you know, it's it is what it is, but. You know, I, I have managed to continue going on. Um, you know, I've had some some health issues that I've been dealing with. But other than that, you know, I mean, I still am as excited today as I was when I was a 15 year old seeing my byline for the first time. I still love seeing my byline. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, you know, someone that can speak to this is, as long as you've been doing this and covering it, uh, you know, to the days of sitting in a press box where you had to actually plug in and use the little lamp that they have there, which I think they keep for nostalgia purposes at this point, um, to today where, you know, from a NASCAR perspective, for example, where, you know, we used to do all these things in person, in the media center, uh, in the garage, scaling back to, to Zoom calls and conferences, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, if you do want to get into this, you may not have to do as much travel anymore. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing, you know, virtually, you know, with the exception of maybe uh, the folks from the TV networks like Fox or NBC and, you know, maybe like Jenna Fryer from AP and maybe uh, Jeff Gluck from The Athletic, there really is not many people that are traveling to, to the NASCAR races or, you know, for that matter, most motorsport races. I mean, most of them are just taking stuff off the TV because, and this is something that I kind of, sensed was coming back you know when i was at yahoo i was with yahoo from 2004 to 2009 and i kind of sensed it at the time especially as the recession started hitting hitting in 2007 and 2008 and that's what eventually led to you know a bunch of us being laid off because of the the economy but i sensed that you know the editors of websites the editors of newspapers 
they realized that they didn't need to send people on the road as frequently uh, and you know you could just as easily do your job from watching it on TV. Yes, you don't have that you know that immediacy, you don't have that ability to ask questions that maybe somebody else hasn't asked, but for the most part, you know, uh, editors and even reporters will begrudgingly admit this. The questions that are asked in post-race media conferences, they're very repetitious. So you yeah. really don't need to be on the road. So, I mean, would I like to be on the road more? Sure. Uh, I, you know, I'd love to get more points and more miles. That's for sure. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, it's a whole new media world. And, you know, there's uh, so much emphasis placed on immediacy and putting things up as quickly as possible. And, you know, there's an old adage that has kind of um, taken over in the, especially on the online side of things, that it's better to be first rather than to be accurate. I yep. don't agree with that. I, yeah, I believe I'm, you have to be accurate first. So uh, that's I'm why. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, there's my old school t- uh, t- uh, training there right there. So, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's still a great opportunity. It's still a great, uh, career. It's still a great business. I love people in motorsports. I mean, if I had to, to choose, you know, motorsports over NFL, MLB, uh, hockey, NBA, what, what have you. And I, you know, like I said, I've covered all those over the years, motorsports would always be the one in, and I kind of harken back to what guys like, um, uh, Rick Hendrick and Richard Childress and Joe Gibbs, I mean, they all say the same exact thing. It's about the people in the sport, and that's why I enjoy doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's the people, too, that that makes, uh, f- for me, uh, I, I think the NASCAR experience uh, a lot more of a cooler experience, whether it's at the track. You know, you got 40 different fan bases, 36 different fan bases, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it's just a, a good old school feeling at a race, which, which I absolutely love. Um, exactly. Jerry, did you grow up a NASCAR fan or did it just kind of take over once you, once you got into the covering the sports and all that? You're going to, you're going to laugh at my answer. <laughs> um, at the age of 13, uh, I used to frequent which a now defunct, although it's still partly there. I went by there about a couple of years ago and it's still part of the, uh, the facility is still there. It's buried under weeds and everything. But I used to be a drag racing fan, first and foremost. Okay. And there was a race, a track. Uh, it's now, it's part of, I think it's either, I, I'm pretty sure it's, um, oh, why am I, uh, Hobart, Indiana. It's, it's right near Merrillville. And it was a, a track called US 30 Drag Strip. And it was, you know, very well known. And in fact, they were one of the first uh, uh, drag racing tracks in the Midwest. They always had those uh, radio commercials. Sunday, 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 US 30 Drag Strip. <laughs> a great ones run. You know, so... Um, but that was my thing. I would go out there almost every week, uh, weekend rather. And a friend of mine, he was, he had his driver's license. He was about four or five years older than me. So I would always go with him and we would hang around the pits. And I learned a lot about, you know, not just drag racing, but just people in racing as a whole. And, you know, you immediately were accepted. And that's what I really found to be so, uh, inviting. Absolutely. No, I love it. Uh, you mentioned the word accepted there from, you know, going to, you know, drag races and, and all that and, and motorsports. Uh, I, I have said this for the uh, whole six years that I've been doing this podcast in that I truly feel uh, a, a unbelievable amount of acceptance from the motorsports world, from NASCAR, uh, because I, I truly do not feel if I were to have started a fan base podcast on the NFL or the Detroit lions or the MLB. I, I don't think, uh, you know, 
that world would have been as except. I mean, the fan base, maybe if I would have been able to put together quality content, I might have picked up the, the listenership. But, mm-hmm. you know, from a a media perspective to to trust and to give somebody w- with no background at all the opportunity to to have media credentials uh to prove themselves to not you know to know their place like i know my like when i go to the media center i i, I i'm not there to st- step on bob pockress's toes or or jeff glock's like hey i it's it's great to meet you thank you for coming on my show you know two months ago whatever the case may be mm-hmm. uh, you know like i i know that i'm a niche uh, cause if you're listening to an amateur podcast, you know, y- you gotta be diehard racing. Right. And it, it's an, it's an honor that the NASCAR world tracks community, you know, all of that have accepted the lab traffic podcast. So, uh, I'm glad you used that word because it's, it's truly how I have felt the last six years. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I love so much about this sport, you know, sport, motorsports in general, but specifically NASCAR, because, uh, you know, they, they, the folks in, in NASCAR, they, they get it. I mean, they, sure, they've, there's been a lot of criticism over the years. And, you know, I was actually one of their bigger critics, you know, during my years at Yahoo, because I was told that my, one of my jobs was to kind of, you know, push the needle. But I will say that, you know, the folks at NASCAR, they have evolved into a, um, such a diverse community, but they're also very understanding now that you're doing your job. And even though, 15 years ago, they may not have liked that you were going to ask hard questions. Now they accept that because it makes it seem that the sport is more open and more transparent. And that's what that's what fans want. They want openness. They want transparency. They want to know, you know, why something is this way or why something is that way. And that's why I think you're seeing NASCAR's uh, you know, ratings and their attendance really starting to climb back up. I mean, look at the race uh, Sunday in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, folks still stuck around even after all the rain delays and the lightning and all that. I mean, the place was almost sold out. I mean, it was just, you know, it's just a NASCAR is really starting to come back to where it was, you know, and during its heydays in the, in the, uh, you know, the nineties and going into the, you know, the early two thousands before the recession, uh, you know, changed things around. But I, I like the people and I'm always going to like the people. And, you know, and here's the other thing too, uh, Brandon, I can, maybe not talk to somebody for three, four, five years, give them a call on the phone. And it's like, you know, those years have just immediately disappeared. I'll give you a perfect example. I was doing a podcast last year, my own, which I kind of put on hiatus, although we're going to probably restart it here soon, but I called up Mark Martin and I hadn't talked to Mark for probably a good four or five years. It was like, we had just talked the day before. That's how it was. I mean, we just, it was just that kind of a relationship we've had over the years. And, you know, he, or, uh, Ray Evernham, I mean, I call these guys up, boom, they're on. You know, they, they have no problem getting me on to me. That, I appreciate it because, you know, they don't have to talk to me, but they, they're they willing to talk to me. And, you know, the one thing, and, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm trying to give you an example of, sure. of why I like this sport so much. Um, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of mine uh, with Ray Evernham, uh, had told me last year that Ray really liked me as a reporter. And I didn't really know that. I mean, I've always had a good relationship with Ray, but I never knew you know, the, the personal feeling that he had. So I wound up going to Slinger, Wisconsin, Slinger Speedway. Uh, that was when the SRX, the Superstar Racing Experience, was racing up there last year. Ran into Ray, and he just was so nice to me. He says, Jerry, he says, you've always been the most fairest reporter. He said, that's why I like talking. That's why, you know, whenever you call, I take your phone call because you're fair. And that was, to me, the highest compliment awesome. I've ever been paid. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. So. I love it. I love it. 
and, and you know, uh, just want to circle back to something you mentioned a minute ago about uh, you know being from Chicago and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I already know this isn't going to be your last time on the show because I mean, come football season, you know, we're going to have to give each other some major crap for you know the <laughs> Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. I mean, I mean yep. we'll we'll have twenty minutes of football talk alone. Like, you yeah, know? exactly, so, exactly. And don't ask me why, but I'm a Lions season <laughs> ticket holder. So if you ever want to go to a game with me. We can make a social media thing out of it. We can have a blast with it. It's an open I'd invite I'd like to right do that. There. That sounds like it would be fun. Yes, open exactly. Invite. Yes, done okay, deal. Cool, cool. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jerry, what are some of your favorite tracks, just from a personal thing? Like, hey, I went there. I found this awesome hidden barbecue restaurant off the beaten path or this awesome thing there. What, what's, what's some of your favorite tracks to go to either from the track itself or surrounding area kind of thing? Oh, gosh, there are so many. Um I guess, you know, even though, well, obviously they race there, NASCAR races there, but, you know, number one has got to be Indianapolis Motor Speedway, just because of the legacy. The, sure. you know, and, and I love Indianapolis. It's three, three, less than a three-hour drive for me each way. You know, I, I go down to Indianapolis quite a bit. Uh, used to, when I was with USA Today, I mean, I covered the Colts home games for probably 10 years straight, every one of those home games down there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Plus, you know, I spent, you know, that was back in the days when, um, you know, you'd spend a whole month at Indianapolis, you know, with practice sure. and, and qualifying and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But uh, Indianapolis, and I've, I've come to l- learn about a lot about, um, you know, the, the good places to eat around there. You got to, you know, St. Elmo's is by far the, one of the best there is. I mean, the St. Elmo's Steakhouse with their, especially their shrimp cocktail. If you have never had it, you've got to try it. It's the best shrimp cocktail ever. Um but I mean, I like uh, Daytona, obviously. Um, New Hampshire, love New Hampshire. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's a smaller track, but just the way people are there, and you know, if you like seafood, I mean, they've got some incredible seafood restaurants up there. Um, uh, conversely, if you go, let's say, like to Texas Motor Speedway or uh, the L.A. Market, or even San Francisco for that matter, you know, for Sonoma, I always go there. I always look forward to going to some of those uh, tr- states because. They have my favorite uh, hamburger, which is the In-N-Out burger, the double yes. double. Yes. So, awesome. I mean, and the thing, uh, and the thing is, you talk to anybody in the NASCAR world who travels on you know, a regular basis, invariably one of the first things they're going to say is, "Yep, In-N-Out burger. Whenever we land, we go right there. First thing. I mean, it's 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 like a religion. So, but uh, I think you know the one track that I really like, but sadly it's no longer. I mean, it's still standing, but from what we're hearing, it's going to be probably torn down here in the next year or less is Chicagoland Speedway, my home track. I mean, you know, I was around when they uh, first announced they were going to build it back in 98 or 99, I think it was, and then they opened in 2001 and uh, they closed it essentially in 2019. And, um, you know, they have not reopened it. And from everything we're hearing, they're going to tear it down and that's going to become a probably a Amazon uh, distribution facility. It's kind of just like waiting for the place to be torn down. So but um, I'm trying to think of any other tracks that I like. I mean, Texas, like I said, I, I love um, Daytona. Talladega is another one. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think there's really a track that I dislike or that I don't want to go to. I mean, if I was on the road, you know, if I was told, you know, you've got to go to this track or that track, I'd go because, you know, part of the thing that's really good about traveling to races is you get to learn about the, not just the tracks themselves, but the like you said, the restaurants around there, the the people around there, the hotels. I mean, I mean, I used to be the king and I do mean and I'll say this I'll, and I you talk to anybody who knows me, they'll they admit it. I used to be the king of the shortcuts to the racetracks. I would find r- shortcuts that people would not have any clue. They'd be stuck in traffic <laughs> for hours. I mean, I I'll, love I'll tell it. You that my, 
my best shortcut of all was um, I would stay in Concord, New Hampshire uh, for, you know, the race at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And everybody else would be taking, you know, essentially what would be a two-lane road, but they, they would make it four lane, or well, I'm sorry, a one-lane road, but they would make it a two-lane road, you know, directly into the tr- uh, track on the weekends. Well, I would always be the king of looking at maps and getting dirt roads and all that kind of thing. I found a short, I mean, a, a shortcut that the NASCAR folks had no clue about, and they're stuck in traffic. We left the hotel the same time because they were staying in the same hotel I was. I was there probably 35 to 45 minutes before they were, and they said, <laughs> how did you get here so fast? And I finally broke down and gave them my shortcut, and then everybody would take my shortcut. But it I was dirt, it. a dirt road. I mean, it, you know, same thing with Talladega. Dirt roads, and I mean, dirt roads are the best shortcuts you can find. And same thing with a place up in, in your neck of the woods, Michigan International. Yes. I would learn about dirt tracks and, and uh, or dirt roads, rather, or, you know, the, the small roads that people just don't even think about. They're, they're going to be stuck on, you know, the main roads going there. I would always find the shortcuts, and that's how I got there. Stuck on US-12 for hours back in you the day. You got it, yep. Yep. I got tired of being on US-12. I found those shortcuts <laughs> by necessity, you know? <laughs> I love it. That's awesome, man. Uh, let's see here. All right, let's let's get to a little bit more, uh, you know, home base here now that we've gotten a 411 on Jerry. Uh, you know, what what'd you think of Nashville this weekend? You know, I think, I mean, myself, based on what we had last year, was thinking we might have a little bit more pack racing. Uh, we didn't get that. What, you know, starting and stopping, rain delay as long as it was, such different track temps once we got started back up. Uh, you know, what what'd you, what'd you think of the, the race weekend there? Well, NASCAR made the best of, of the situation they could. I mean, you know, you can't control the lightning where you have to stop for 30 minutes. You can't control the rain. I mean, you just try to make the best of it. I think you know, NASCAR wanted to make sure that it gave the fans who did you know, pay their money to go to the race. They wanted to have the race completed, even if it was, you know, 1130, 12, whatever time it was that it ended in the Eastern time uh, zone. Uh, they wanted to see that race completed, and they did. And I give them a lot of credit for that. Uh, as far as the pack racing, you know, this is a essentially it's kind of like a new track, but it's also an old track. I mean, a lot of guys like Kevin Harvick, uh, well, Greg Biffle, he's not on the series anymore. But, you know, guys who've been in the you know, when they were coming up through the through the ranks, you know, in the Xfinity and the truck series, they raced at Nashville Super Speedway. So they knew what the place was like. They just never could get you know attendance at that place. Now, all of a sudden, you know, cup comes there. They, they got attendance. And now there's talk about. They're going to race potentially a cup series race at fairground speedway in literally downtown Nashville. Plus you've also got, you know, the IndyCar uh, series. They had their first race at Nashville last year. Big success. I anticipate an even bigger success uh, here. Uh, when is it uh, in August? I think it is that they're having the, or the end of July, whatever it is uh, when they return to Nashville, Nashville is a hot town right now for racing. I mean, there's always been a lot of fans there, but they just never supported, you know, the Xfinity or the truck race series at Nashville super speedway. But once cup comes there, you know, boom, it's like a, a metamorphosis. And then the other thing too is, you know, Nashville, I'm sorry, uh, uh, NASCAR rather, they, while they had enjoyed their what was a 10-year run, I think it was, in Las Vegas for the Nashville, uh, I'm sorry, for the uh, NASCAR banquet, the yep. you know, the postseason awards, 
they want to move into Nashville to be closer to Charlotte. And boom, I mean, immediate acceptance. I mean, Na- uh, Nashville really rolled out the red carpet. And that, I think, led to the tra- you know, the the, uh, the race at Nashville Super Speedway. It led to finally, after years of negotiating, to have, you know, all these uh, improvements that are essentially on the, the drawing board right now for the fairgrounds speedway in downtown Nashville. And then, of course, you know, you have the IndyCar, too. So Nashville is hot. It's, it's a big, hot racing market right now. And uh, I think it's only going to get hotter. It's big with the housing market too. It's one of the hottest housing markets around too. So exactly, uh, if that exactly. tells you anything, so wherever the housing market is, you know that that's that's where things are booming. And lo and behold, we got you know such a, a swing there for for NASCAR, which is absolutely awesome. Um, when when we look at the Cup race, uh, when we look at the Cup series in, in general, uh, Chase Elliott only win number two, and I say only because you know we, we we saw what he's done the last couple years. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of parity this year. Uh, I, I mentioned it at the start of the show, 12 winners through 17 races. Um, you know, is do you attribute that to the new car? Do you attribute that? What, what does Jerry attribute that to? The new car, 100%. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're still learning it. That's why we have not seen more than, you know, uh, anybody win more than two races. I mean, we've got five guys that have won two races, and then everybody else has been, you know, the, the other seven winners have been single race winners. Uh, the new car has taken a long time for a lot of these teams to get adapted to, and it's also taken a long time for the drivers to adapt to it as well, too. So I think, you know, the more we, especially now as we get into the second half of the season, we're going to be going back to some tracks or similar tracks that have, you know, similar distances. I think that, you know, like you're going to go back to Atlanta. You're going to go back to Texas. You're going to go back to uh, Phoenix. You know, uh, you'll see more, um, par- well, you're already seeing parity now, but I think you're going to see more of a breakout from some of these guys who, you know, either had a rough time the first time or they have a, a better understanding of what, how the race that car on these particular tracks. So I think that, you know, we've got nine races left to go before the playoffs. Uh, we have essentially four spots open. Honestly, I don't know if I could say, as we're talking here right now, we're going to see four other first-time winners for the season. I think that we're going to see more multiple race winners in these remaining nine races. I think we might see maybe one, maybe two first-timers for this season but other than that i think it's going to be multiple winners for sure you have popped the bubble of all the hopefuls <laughs> out there <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm i am chomping at the bit jerry i want 17 or i want 17 winners in a regular season so bad oh do i want that oh my god i don't know what from a from a racing perspective other than if I uh, throw my fandom into the situation, which I'm a diehard Kevin Harvick fan, other right. than a Kevin Harvick championship, I don't know I want anything more than 17 winners in 26 races. <laughs> well, you know, but here's here's the interesting thing, though, Brandon. Okay, let's say let's throw the what I just said out the window. Let's just look at it from a different perspective. Okay, so we've got nine races to go for the playoffs. Yep. We've got 12, 12 guys locked in, so there's only four openings. What happens, and I'm just saying this hypothetically, what happens if you go places like we go to Road America this coming weekend, Michael McDowell could very easily win there. He's a good road course racer. What happens if we get five more 
winners. Well, one of those winners is not going to be going to the playoffs. Yes. That is a scary thought for, I think, a lot of these teams because, you know. Uh, well, they've banked on it for so long. Like, it's just been a given. And that, exactly. that's, that's what I want to get rid of is the given. And it may, <laughs> this is our, like you had said, you know, it's the new car. This may be our best chance for, you know, un until the next gen rolls around five, six, however many years from now, this very well may be our best shot since this playoff format's come about to get that. And I wanted so bad. <laughs> well, well, here's here's another thing to keep in mind, too. OK, what year was it? I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the year, but the year that they they um, uh, gave Jeff Gordon the the, uh, the, oh, the proverbial, day. the proverbial. Yeah. Uh, was that 13? 2012? 13, 13? I think it was yeah, 12 13, or 13, right. Yeah. But I'm I'm of the mindset that, you know, NASCAR, you know, they're they're a self-contained operation. Yes, they have rules, but do they want to really I mean if there's 17 drivers that that win a race, you know, this this year and you know there's 17 guys going that are qualifying for the playoffs, quote unquote, one guy doesn't make it. How does NASCAR justify that? You're right. gonna they're gonna have a lot of very upset fans. I mean, let, let, you you said Kevin Harvick. Let's let's use him as the example. Yeah. Let's say that. Let's say we go into the final uh, race of the regular season, and we've got 16 winners already. We're all locked in. Kevin Harvick has not won, and then he wins that final race of the regular season. What do you do then? What are you gonna say to Kevin Harvick's fans? What are you gonna say to NASCAR fans that maybe don't like Harvick, but they're gonna say, well, he won, so he should be in. Then do we see an exception made? I think we could see an exception. I really believe that NASCAR, you know, well, even though point, I mean Harvick's up in points, so he would make it. It would be somebody like, uh, well, not if, not if he not if he dumps down in these next well, uh, nine true. races. That's he, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he goes in a big slump, you know, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but if he goes in a big slump and then he's the last winner in the final race of the pre of the regular season, and he's the seventeenth winner, yeah, I have a hard time believing that NASCAR would keep him out. I'd say that they would probably find some kind of a way to Could you make imagine? him eligible. Wow. I never even thought of the, that. That's, that's crazy. Well, see, and that's the thing. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't, I love the playoff format. I love everything <laughs> about it. I, I just think 16's too many. And Jeff Striegel broke down for me a couple years ago, why he loves 16 from a <laughs> sponsorship, from a money drawing perspective. And it made 100% complete sense to me without a shadow of a doubt. The fan in me is like a half a field playoff is, is too many. You know, I think 12's the perfect number for Cup. I think 10's the perfect number for Xfinity. And the Truck Series, in my opinion, had it right when they had it at 8. And then they expanded yeah. to 10. You know, when you look at the right, Truck right. Series, you know, half, you know, when you look at the number of teams that show up just on a regular you show up on a regular basis in the truck series you got a good shot to make you know you might be 12 you might have to work for it a little bit but you know it's it's not crazy for you to make the top 10 just from showing up on a weekly perspective alone, exactly you know? so exactly. i you know i would love to see these fields cut a little bit from a fan perspective but i get the sponsorship draw i get the hey you can go to xyz company and be like hey come sponsor us we made the playoffs last year and i i get that's i get the business side of it as 100 percent. but yeah I'm because a, i mean a lot of these sponsors um you know they're not um how do i say this they are not of the same level and i don't mean this in a disparaging way please don't misunderstand me they're not in the same level 
as sponsors, let's say from, let's say the early 2000s. Sure. I mean, you know, there were a lot bigger names back then. Yeah. So, I mean, if, you, if you've got a, you know, uh, you know, ABC widgets is your sponsor and you make the playoffs, even if you lose in the first round, there is so much goodwill. There's so much good promotion that, Absolutely. Hey, our team, our team made the playoffs, you know, yep. and that's what, one thing that they'll always, you know, they want to do. So, you know, you, you've got to keep that in mind and that, you know, NASCAR, you know, they, they've kind of balanced this out with the 36 charters. Okay. So, and we're seeing primarily 36 cars per race. And, you know, we have a, if we have a 16 uh, driver field in the playoffs, okay, that's a little less than half of the drivers, uh, you know, in, that compete. I think uh, while I can see your point, I mean, I, I actually, when the playoff system first, you know, they, they originally arranged it and then they, you know, they up uh, increased it. I thought 10 would be the, or even 12 would be the perfect number. Yep. 16, I thought was, I thought was too much, but the numbers work. It's I mean, growing you know, on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really has grown on yep. me. You're right. Yep. Um, all right. Let, let's talk about some of the surprises this year a little bit, possibly attributed to the new car, but might be able to carry the momentum now into, yes. into years to come. Uh, you know, let's talk about Ross Chastain. You know, we talked a little bit ago about there's only a handful of repeat winners He's mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, yes. Trackhouse Racing on the map, making noise and yep. and staying up there, which I think is freaking fantastic. I really like that organization. I mean, they really have you know gone a long or come a long way in a very short period of time. And you know, Ross is a guy that you know he is kind of like the everyman of NASCAR. I mean, he is a fan favorite, and he, and, he, and if you're not a, f a fan of his. You're probably going to eventually be because you know he he he, he comes from a a, a very uh, down to earth family. They're they're watermelon farmers in in Florida. I mean, and you know what better um, uh, visual is there than to see this guy on the top of his race car take a watermelon, throw it down on the ground? I mean, that, people just they eat that kind of stuff up. Absolutely. No fun intended. Yeah. So, but but I mean, you know, Trackhouse is really. Um, you know, up gets game. There's no question about that. And, you know, there, there are a few surprises though, that I will say really have, and again, it's because of the car in my opinion, but I think, you know, a couple of the biggest surprises is, you know, I would have thought by now that you know, even though they've got six wins between them, I thought that team Hendrick would have been, you know, even more successful in the first, uh, you know, 17 races. I mean, you know, uh, chase Elliott first time, I mean, he finally gets a second win. Kyle, <laughs> Excuse me, Kyle Larson. He only has one win. He's the defending champion. I mean, what's got, what's up with that? I mean, you know, I thought for sure Kyle Larson would be running away like he did last year, and yep. he's not. Yep. Now, of course, we have the second half of the season, and I think, as I said earlier, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, difference. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, guys breaking away from the pack, if you will. Team Penske, they've not had a great, uh, you know, start of the season. I mean, Logano's won two. Um, Ryan Blaney's has not won one even. And then, um, you know, you've got uh, um, um, Austin Sinerke won the, you know, well, so Austin Sinerke won the Daytona 500. Yeah. But, you know, Team Penske's struggling. JGR, they're starting to come up a little bit. And, you know, it's good to see that. I mean, you know, Martin Truex Jr. said last week he's coming back, which is going to be a great thing. Uh, we're still wondering what's going to happen with Kyle Busch. I uh, suspect that he's going to be re-signed by JGR probably in the next week or two. I'm, 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 I don't expect him to go much past the 4th of July without being signed. I think that, you know, I mean, he has talked, you know, many times about running his own cup team, but 
unless you've got you know thirty million dollars in the bank right now to run your own cup team. I mean, he's you know he does well with the, you know his his Xfinity uh, group uh, and his trucks you know, teams, but I think that uh, you know he's he's the kind of guy that he's got to. Um, uh, you know, he, he is not in a position at this point to start his own cup team. And plus, you know, he sees what Denny Hamlin's doing with, you know, with his team, you know, his partnership with Michael Jordan. I think Denny is eventually going to leave JGR and race at least one year for, for oh, uh, uh, 23. Yeah, I, I see that happening, but I, I just don't think Kyle Busch is going to go anywhere for at least another three more years. That's my opinion. Well, and you, you look at Dale jr. Who's made it very public that he wants to get in, uh, you know, uh, Dale Jr., a very successful Xfinity team. Kyle Busch, very successful truck team. Uh, just from that regard alone, you know, Jr.'s probably a couple years ahead uh, fr- from that regard in terms of, you know, positioning themselves, which is probably a good thing for Kyle Busch to be able to, you know, take some, you know, take some notes from, you know, Denny Hamlin and his experience and, and Jr. with his experience before you know, getting his feet wet on that side of things. Well, let me blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. All right. Yes. All right. Yes. What about a partnership between Dale Jr. When he, if they, they moved to cup and Kyle Busch comes over there as a, like much like a Brad Keselowski is with Roush Fenway. What about something like that? I mean, that that's mind blown. Just, you know, knowing (laughs) what those guys have the history on the track. I mean, but also knowing the respect that those two have for each other. I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, could you well, talk about of, that and, fan base and what it would steal from HMS and, and all of that? That would be incredible. Well, and not only that, think about this, too. The sponsors that they potentially could get between them, oh, yes. man, that would be Off incredible. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, All right, sir. Well, let's let's wrap with this. Uh, why don't you preview what we can look forward to at Road America? What are you doing for the 4th of July and all that good stuff? Well, the 4th of July, believe it or not, <laughs> my wife and I are going to go to a little town in Indiana called Shipshawana, Indiana. It's a uh, Amish community. We like to go out there about two or three times a year. We just enjoy the the food out there. The, 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 they have a big flea market and all that kind of thing. It's going to be busy. I mean, they're, there's, they're probably going to draw about 100, close to 100,000 people this weekend, but that's okay. We'll we'll fight the trap. We, and I know the shortcuts there. I know all the dirt roads. <laughs> so, but but uh, we're going to spend uh, you know just the day there. But um, you know, as far as road America, I expect, you know, this is going to probably be one of those few instances where we are going to see potentially, we have the potential, I should say, to see a first-time winner this year. I mean, you know, not not a first-time in their career, but a first-time for this season. And I think Michael McDowell is one of the guys I'm looking at. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., another guy I'm looking at. I mean, there's there's several guys out there that, you know, uh, Martin Truex Jr., he has not won a race yet, which I'm amazed that he hasn't won a race. Somebody's going to, I think that you know, of the nine races left, this is w- one of the premier uh, events that we can see a first-time winner for 2022. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden people start saying, "Oh gosh, there's only three spots open now for the you know for the playoffs. What do we do in these remaining eight races after this race?" You know, there so you yeah, so that's kind of the way I envision it. But I think that we're going to see a really uh, crazy, and I mean that in a good way, a crazy next nine races. I think that you know there's going to be so much. Um, momentum and there's going to be so much enthusiasm, so much excitement over these next nine races that kind of when we start the playoffs, the first race or two, there, you know, the, the excitement may not be there because we, we may have wasted it already you know, for the previous <laughs> nine races, you know? So I love it. I got my eye on Christopher Bell this weekend. That's, that's who I, I like him. I, got yeah, I like him, too. him. Yes. Uh, Jerry, uh, any, any pieces coming up, anything you want to plug and where can everybody follow you on social media? Well, my, my social media is my name. It's uh, at Twitter. It's G, uh, at Jerry Bunkowski. It's J-E-R-R-Y-B as in boy, 
O-N as in Nancy, K-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, and I, and I, I do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, and also, you know, my main uh, thing that I write for uh, is much, I have some limitations, but I, I you know, as far as health uh, issues, but I mean, I do uh, quite, as much as I can for Auto Week. Um, NASCAR.com, I do a, a lot of stuff for them, uh, uh, pr- primarily Where Are They Now, column, which I love doing. Those things are just fantastic, and fans really enjoy those. In fact, I, I will give you a little bit of a scoop. I don't know if it's going to run this week or next week, but I interviewed Kenny Bernstein. Now, Kenny Bernstein, obviously, is associated with drag racing, but a lot of people forget that he was also a NASCAR owner for 10 years, and I had a great interview with him about a week or so ago talking about his days in NASCAR. Really had some a, a good time, and I've known Kenny for shoot, probably 35, 40 years almost now. So we really, you know, we had a great conversation and he really enjoyed it because he, he even said to me, he says, Jerry, you know, I talk about drag racing every single day. And he says, this was really a, a totally different, you know, turn of events. And he really enjoyed talking about his days in the NASCAR. And, and then let's also not forget too, that I think it was, uh, what was it? Six years. I think he also owned an IndyCar team at the same time. So you're talking about a guy who was drag racing and had his own team. He had a NASCAR team that he owned, and he had an IndyCar team that he owned all for all those years. I mean, it was it was just a great interview. So I'm looking forward to, to that running on NASCAR.com. And, um, you know, I also have the AutoRacingDigest.com, which I run for Sports Illustrated. We, we started that in July – or I'm sorry, January, rather. And uh, we're really starting to get some good readership numbers, and people are really enjoying some of the stuff we're doing. So that's very humbling. And, uh, you know, just kids, I, I do what I can even with, even with my health limitations, but uh, I enjoy what I can while I can do it. I love it, man. Listen, Jerry, thank you so much. What a great first time having you on the show. Uh, appreciate you. I hope you have a great Fourth of July weekend. Enjoy the racing this weekend and look forward to having you on very soon, my man. Great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'll even take you up on that offer to go to the Lions game with you. Let's do it. Let's do it (laughs) for sure. All right, man. We'll catch you soon. Well, Lap Traffic Nation, there you have Jerry Bunkowski. So cool talking with him for the first time. Uh, Definitely going to be back on the show. No doubt about that. So great to talk to him. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's let's keep things rolling and let's do a little Lap Traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, make sure you leave a review and all that good stuff. Tell your friends they can listen to the show on iTunes, Podbean, Alexa, your favorite hosting site, all that good stuff. Uh, and as I mentioned at the start of the show, be on the lookout in a couple weeks for some details regarding a ticket giveaway to MIS. I'm going to have some swag to give away soon. And don't forget to go follow at Atlanta racing and at the throwback brand. Uh, great stuff going on over there. Great partnership, great giveaways, all that good stuff uh, that have helped led to a lot of new followers. And speaking of new followers, uh, Rowdy Eaton at Eaton underscore Rowdy, Chase Elliott, Kyle Bush fan, Joe Balish at Joe underscore Balish NASCAR and car guy, uh, sit down marks at sit down marks, a wrestling podcast. Awesome. Love the crossover. Love me some wrestling. As you guys heard earlier today on the show, Seamus, uh, and Nick bones at Nick B zero NES, uh, local nine one seven chase Elliott fan. Welcome to the show, everybody. Tell your friends, and don't forget, I've got free stickers and koozies. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, and I will get them out to you for free. And don't forget, 
anything can happen during the second half of the NASCAR season. Experience the thrills, the drama, the acceleration on the NBC family of networks. Uh, make sure you tune in this Sunday on the USA Network for Road America, Sunday, July 3rd, 2 p.m. Central Time. Get that barbecue going. Get the TV cranked up outside. Catch Road America. Uh, that's what I'll be doing. We're throwing a big bash this Sunday. I will have the TV outside. Uh, cannot wait for a great 4th of July celebration this weekend. All right. Uh, let's keep things rolling uh, as, as you would normally expect around this time in the show. We'd be having, uh, as advertised, actually, uh, Dr. Aaron Studwell. However, uh, last-minute issue has popped up, and the doctor is unable uh, to be on the show tonight. And I was going to reach out to Newdorf to see if he wanted to come on. However, uh, he had his notifications on silence, so uh, no point there with that. So uh, without further ado, I am going to give you uh, my first official forecast. There will be no banter because that would just be really weird if I tried to have a conversation uh, with myself, uh, which I kind of do anyways. But uh, yeah, I think you get where I'm coming from here. So. Uh, I've covered just about everything, so there's nothing there to talk about. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, what do we have for the forecast this weekend headed into Road America? Well, if Aaron was going to have to back out of a appearance on the show, this was the show to do it because it is so simple. Uh, Fourth of July weekend, we are looking at perfect racing conditions uh july 1st uh which i'll be playing around a golf i'm taking a half day i got all next week off very excited about that uh but uh friday july 1st mostly sunny high 81 northwest winds 5 to 10 miles per hour uh july 2nd sunny High 83, uh, westerly winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. And on Sunday, July 3rd, perfect day for racing, perfect day for barbecues, perfect day for a 4th of July celebration. Sunny, high 87 with a southwest wind at 5 miles per hour. Uh, make sure you are following uh, Mr. Aaron Studwell on Twitter at RaceWeather, along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Make sure you're checking out RaceWeather.net for all the updates as well. Uh, appreciate everything that those guys do. And uh, I mean, hey, not too bad. What do you think? Could I could I do this for a gig, uh, a meteorologist? I mean, why not, right? Uh, I got apps just like everyone else. So uh, don't at me, but there you have it. Picture perfect and uh, cannot wait for this weekend. All right, let's keep things rolling. Let's get to this week's Lucky Dog Laugh Down Picks. Uh, a little thin this week, but you know what? Uh, no surprise. Uh, anytime a race ends like around midnight or a Monday afternoon, uh, the responses are a little light. And especially when I don't get the tweet out because I may have fallen asleep myself there. So uh, with that said, uh, my lucky dog is, is just the fact that it's race weekend of, of 4th of July now officially, which I'm very excited about. Uh, my lap down, Mother Nature. 
the Detroit Tigers, and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. So, all right, let's get to the uh, couple responses that we did get here. Scott at 1985 Wagner, Lucky Dog is Blaney. Spin to finish third. Uh, lap down, tie race start times need to be noon, 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays, uh, less the 600. And RFK Racing, bad luck at the end, kills a pair of good runs. Uh, Scott, yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, like, from a time thing, I get it. Like, I, especially when I'm going to the race, like, I want a noon or one o'clock start so I can try to get home uh, a little sooner rather than later. Um, had the weather worked out, I didn't mind a five o'clock race start time. Uh, I like five better than three, if I'm being honest with you, because five o'clock, is, is, it's closer to the evening, uh, winding things down, you know, maybe got something on the grill or something like that. But I feel like I've got to set a, I, I don't have to uh, structure the day as much. And it's a little bit more natural to just be able to sit down at five o'clock versus three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon with trying to do some stuff or maybe getting that round of golf in. You don't have to worry about DVR in the first half or something like that. But uh, I'm with you. I, I either give me a noon time or give me a little bit later, uh, especially if I'm not at it. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I, I get the, I get the opinion either way there. So um, I, I feel you. Uh, Brian at Stormin' B81, Lucky Dog, the fans. I don't think I've ever seen that many fans return after a rain delay. 100%. They wanted to see that damn thing. That's awesome. That shows you how strong that market is, too, right now. That's fantastic. Uh, lap down me for falling asleep and missing my driver win. LOL. I feel you there. That's a good one. Uh, Linda at Linda Jenkins 570. Lucky dog, me for not staying up to watch the ending. Lap down NBC for using Peacock when so many people don't have it for the pre-race. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I think that's the nature of the uh, streaming beasts right now. That's that's for sure. Uh, Matt at Camper News Net. Lucky dog to all the fans that stayed around after the rain delay. Additional lucky dog to Chase Elliott on his second win of the season and second straight win on concrete. Uh, might as well call him the concrete king now. I love it. And no lap down for Matt. And last but not least, uh, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragon. Lucky dog Chase Elliott showing the Toyotas what's up. Lap down. I'm sticking with Mother Nature. Way too much time to pound beers between lightning flashes will make for a long Monday. I absolutely love that. Great humor there. Fantastic. Go catch the Rowdy Dragon and uh, his fantasy stuff over at the final lap. They've got great stuff going on there and uh, tobychristie.com. So go check that out for sure. All right. That's it. Let's keep things rolling. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Uh, just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Make sure you get your picks in before you head out of town for the holiday weekend and all that good stuff. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. And joining me on the line tonight for the fantasy segment, he didn't have week high this week, but he has... Uh, taking my spot atop of the leaderboard for uh, segment two. He's one of the hosts of the Blowing the Doors Off podcast. It's uh, Mr. Brett Morris, sir. What's up, man? Oh, not too much. I'm sure that uh, that number one spot will be short-lived. I usually don't stay up there very long. Me, me either. It lasted all of a week. So uh, <laughs> uh, good times, good times. 
So uh, what's new, man? What's new with the show? And, and how's all that going for you guys? It's going great, man. It gets seems like it gets better every week. We, you know, implement new uh, segments to talk about. Uh, the one that we've been pretty pumped about the last few weeks is like a week, the week in NASCAR history. We pick a couple of dates uh, throughout history and talk about it and give our two cents. And uh, it's been pretty fun, man. Uh, I think we're going on episode 20 this week. So we're getting a little bit of a catalog going. Uh, we really haven't done much guests besides having you on the one time. So we're just kind of, you know, getting our feet wet, having fun with it. And sooner or later, we'll get into the whole guest thing. But right now, we're just having fun talking NASCAR every week. Awesome. I love it. Well, I've been averaging an off week every two weeks. So uh, if uh, we want to line up a uh, during one of my off weeks, another appearance in the near future, I'm all about that. Absolutely, dude. Would love to have you back on. And we, uh, I'll, uh, we'll have to do something too about getting you and Sherwin on as an official guest on the podcast as well before uh, summer passes us by here. That uh, we'll definitely make that happen. That'd be awesome, man. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, let's talk about this past week. What'd you think of uh, Nashville? Did you stay up last night? Uh, <laughs> what a crazy weekend! Uh, I uh, very much enjoyed the truck race Friday night, which I normally always do uh xfinity race didn't get to see a whole lot of it and then uh the bad thing about having a job where i get off early is i go in early so getting <laughs> up at 4 30 every day uh it's hard to stay up that late for me so i didn't I, I got to see about maybe 20 laps when they came back on after that it was uh daddy's bedtime for yep, sure i hear you i did not make it too long myself uh that's all right though nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing wrong with that um, let's see. Your picks were good though, man. Uh, Blaney Gibbs, Ryan Priest, 149 points, a bonus point. Uh, you know, you, you picked, you got 40 points on me basically. Cause I, uh, I had Zane Smith, Noah Gregson, Al Marola only got me 104. That, that hurt. I wasn't sure who to go with this week. Didn't want to burn a pick. So I thought I'd go with a safe pick and, uh, you know, it was safe, but it didn't favor too well for me. Right, but that's hey. kind of how I. That's kind of how I am this week. I'm like super torn on who to take this week because uh, there's people I want to save, there's people I want to use, but I just I, I, this week is kind of going to be like a wing it for me, sort of. I I'm with you. I'm. I'm we'll get to picks. In a <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, I didn't mean I to get ahead of myself. Well, no, because I was going to like go into my thought process, but I'm like, wait a minute, I might as well save it for when we're doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> right. let's, uh, let's hit the top 10 here real quick in first place in segment two is Mr. B Wayne uh, with 562 uh, in second place with 553 points is Stephen Florence. Uh, I am now in third place with 534. Uh, Pete Kervin is in fourth. Uh, Benton Wilson in fifth with 522. Joel Nolf in sixth, 516. Uh, Logan Cummings is in seventh with 512. Uh, Stephen is in eighth with 511. Brian Wright in ninth with 510. And Robert Riggs in tenth with 509. So uh, it's, it's, you know, single digit points are separating everybody, which I absolutely love. A ton of people picked up bonus points this week, either with Ryan Priest or. Um, with Justin Allgaier, which is awesome. So those bonus points are going to carry over for you guys uh, if you make the playoffs. So 
Let's look at our top 16 cumulative. Uh, still in first place with 1733 is Kristen Hoglin. In second place is uh, Jason Dickus with 1638. Steven is in third. Michael Mason in fourth. Tony Salt in fifth. Uh, Mr. Brett Morris is in sixth. Kim James in seventh. Aaron Studwell in eighth. Joel Nolf in nine. Brian Hall in tenth. Henry Fletcher in eleventh. Robert Riggs in twelfth. Uh, Matt Crowd, my uncle, is in 13th with 1584, and I am uh, three points behind him, dropped to 14th with 1581. Uh, Justin Hughes in 15th, 1578, and John Atwitzel wraps out the top 16 with 1576. And all the haters out there last week, because me and my uncle were sitting one and two, uh, he's not even in the top 10 in segment two and dropped substantially in the cumulative standing. So we knew it wasn't going to last. So there you go. Um, all right, Brett, you ready to make some picks, sir? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, Lap Traffic Fantasy players, we are headed back to Road America for just the third time in cup history after going back last year, ending a 65-year drought. Uh, last year, this past weekend's winner, Chase Elliott, dominated the road course, dominated Road America, picked up the win uh the strategy will be interesting this week as brett alluded to a minute ago it's early in segment two a lot of people still have chase available larson truex hamlin uh will you pick one of the ringers to uh keep pace do you take someone like kurt bush and hope to pick up some ground who wins on fourth of july weekend who can shake things up in the standings we'll find out this weekend but first it's time for our picks all right man who do you got for the xfinity series I think I'm probably in the majority of this pick, but I'm going to go A.J. Allmendinger. Ah, yes, sir. I'm with you. Um, I'm done. I can't take him anymore this segment. So, yes, I am going to use my second dinger pick this week. Do you have a, Do you have an extra one still, or have you used him already? Oh, I might have already used him. I didn't even think of that. Well, you can use him twice. Oh, so, then I'll use him yes, again. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's where I'm at. This is going to be my second time with him, and I'm done. So yep, it's early, but I'm like, ah, it's it's so worth it. So I will at least maintain par with everybody else, hopefully, with uh, the Xfinity pick there. And all right, Sunday, cup race, July 3rd. Who do you got? You know, I thought about this and thought about this. And I thought I was going to go off the board and take and go, you know, not take one of my my ringer picks but i think i'm gonna have to take a ringer pick i'm gonna go kyle larson kyle larson all right um i i was with you i sat i i i scratched my head while i was typing up the notes and i am gonna kind of go off the board from a cup ringer pick uh i'm gonna go with the guy who finished second last year and was an xfinity ringer and i'm gonna go with christopher bell to uh, hopefully save some of my uh, ringer picks for uh, a little later in segment two if I need to pull the trigger. So. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a pretty healthy pick. When I went back and looked at um, the last several years there, he's he's done well. He's done well on road courses and cup. I think it's a safe pick. I hope so. Well, uh, you know, as long as I can uh, get a top 10 and a bonus point or two, I'll be very happy. <laughs> there you so. go. All right, brother. Well, listen, thanks for hopping on. Tell everyone where they can follow the show at and all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find uh, Blowing the Doors Off on Twitter and Instagram, uh, BTOD uh, Podcast. And then you can find uh, me on Twitter at uh, BWayne8589. And I'm happy to interact with anybody that wants to 
talk a little fantasy smack. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, listen, hope you have a great 4th of July. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Talk to you, bud. All right, man. We'll see you. All right, Lab Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for an awesome episode 283 of the Lab Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out their website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lab Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lab Traffic PC. Huge thanks to WWE WWE superstar Seamus and Jerry Bunkowski for calling into the show. Off week next week. Hope you all have a safe and fantastic 4th of July. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!